So about a year and a half ago, I had noticed that I wasn't getting my period every single month. At first I thought it was my birth control, so I kind of went off of it. Still wasn't getting it, and so I thought it was stress. I went to the doctor one day and was just getting a normal checkup and she had noticed that I had hair on my chin. And she said, oh, you probably have PCOS. Hi ladies, welcome back to another episode of Period Sis brought to you by the official box owner. I'm your host Mandy B and we're here again to have yet another discussion. Uh, again, it just continues to amaze me how complex the female body really is. And on this episode, we go, we deep dive into PCOS and I'm joined by a good friend of mine and it's rather interesting the way she came about finding that she was a woman with PCOS and how she's managed to live through it. So once again, sit back and relax. This is yet another tale of womanhood by women for women. I am so happy again to be having yet another episode again on something that I have not experienced. And this just goes to show how different all of our bodies are. However, they're a lot the same. Um, so guys, for you guys who do not know, I am joined today by Kiki. Um, she is the host of Cocktails Dirty Discussions podcast. Kiki, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I am, uh, I guess this is something where actually I just found out what this was. Um, oh my God maybe in the last year. Oh, wow. Um, so before we get into the depths of conversation regarding PCOS, mm -hmm. can you walk us through right before you found out you were diagnosed? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's crazy how I found out because I was 20 something. I had only been in Atlanta for a few years. I was broke as fuck. And I was like looking for like odd jobs and gigs and Wasn't stuff to do. All. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to like figure out what I can do to make money. And so I kept seeing these ads on Craigslist and like online and all kind of play in the bathroom stalls where you could sell your eggs. So I didn't tell anybody. I up to girl <laughs> I ain't even gonna hold you the only reason why I never even went through it was because they looked at your weight for those so mm -hmm. for anyone who has never I guess looked into trying to sell their eggs um they don't want you to drink you can't have really any um hereditary diseases in your family they also mm -hmm. want you to be a certain height and weight and y'all know mm -hmm. I was a little big at one point so I just never made the BMI to be able to sell my eggs so yeah. okay so, so you see the ads so I see the ads. So I contact these people. I do this questionnaire online. They want to know so much information. They, they want to see pictures. They want to know about your education. They are running background checks. So you can't just like lie. And then I had to do all of these different tests. So I go into the hospital and I'm at the the office where they're kind of walking me through it. So I've passed the first part, which is everything that I do online. So they're talking to me and they're like, okay, um, these are the things that you're going to have to go through. You have to go through psychological testing for X amount of months, because this is something very serious. You have to understand that you, this is biologically your child short, should the egg be fertilized, but this isn't going to be a child that you will have. Are you really going to be okay with that? I never wanted kids, and okay. so I was just like, you know, I think I have good genes. I'm a smart girl. Like maybe I can help somebody in like a weird 
way to have a kid and I can get some money and they can have this baby. You know, like I need the money, but I also felt like I was doing a good thing. There's so many women out there who cannot have kids and I thought I could help. So I go in, I'm doing these different tests. I pass all of this stuff and then they have to test my hormone levels. Um, They... And they also did a vaginal ultrasound. So while I'm in the room getting the vaginal ultrasound, the lady was just kind of like, mm. and I was like, what? What's wrong? I was like, bitch, am I pregnant? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I had never had an ultrasound. I'd never had a pregnancy scare or any of that. And like, if you've never had a vaginal ultrasound, don't think about like on TV when they rub that thing across your belly. Oh, no. It's it like goes a dildo. Of, it, yeah, it goes inside of you. It kind of felt good. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> So she prints out the images from the sonogram. They take me to this other room and she's like, okay, so I have good news and I have bad news. So I was like, okay, what? So she's like, "Um, unfortunately, we're not going to continue the process with you. And I was like, well, why not? And I mean, the, the good news was she was telling me that she caught something that maybe I wouldn't catch for a while and that she re- she told me to talk to my gynecologist about it. First off, um, that sounds like bad news, bad news. <laughs> right. Well, she I guess she she just felt like, OK, but at least, you know, that you have this so that you can manage it. You can try and treat it. There's no cure, but at least, you know, what's going on. And so some of the things that because, you know, this isn't my regular doctor, some of the things that maybe were concerning me, this is going to give me more answers. And I guess that's why she was saying it was good. But she said, I can't diagnose you with this because I'm a nurse. But go to your gynecologist, take this information, tell them what we found, show them what we found, and he can officially diagnose you. But what and what they saw, um, just so that you guys know, is like when they looked at my ovaries, it looked like um, like a honeycomb kind of. It was just like all of these little dots. So she compared it to a normal, um, a normal one. So basically there's all these cysts in there. And the way that she explained it to me and the way the doctor later explained it to me was that um, I will probably have trouble for the rest of my life getting pregnant because the eggs don't have space to fully mature. So even though at the time I wasn't having irregular periods, um, that has changed. But at the time I wasn't having a regular period. So she was like, yeah, maybe, but those eggs, even if they do get released, it's not truly mature enough for it to be fertilized and for you to have like a full pregnancy. Mm. And so it, I, I talked to my mom about it eventually. And she was like, why well, eventually? That, um, like, I just did didn't want to a while. I didn't want to talk to her about it because I didn't want to tell her I was going to sell my eggs. I didn't want to have to give her the whole story. But eventually, yeah. So eventually I told her. um, And it was it was a weird feeling because, like I said, I didn't want kids. But then at that point, it kind of felt like, well, now if if I do ever change my mind, I can't. Like, maybe I shouldn't have said those things. Maybe, you know, I shouldn't have ever said that because now I'm in a position where it may be very difficult. Now. Some women do have PCOS and they are able to carry a healthy baby. It's just rare. And I have, I've noticed a lot of changes. I have, um, I've been on and off birth control for my entire adult life, just trying to find the right formula. And then because things are constantly changing with my body, like sometimes the birth control works well for me and then other times it doesn't. And can I actually, let me ask you, so you find out that 
you do have PCOS or, you know, Mm -hmm. you're given the instruction to go to your primary and get fully diagnosed, but you're told that you can't have kids. So what made you still decide to go through birth control, knowing that birth control has a lot of hormonal defects on a lot of women as well? What made you still do that when they told you you probably would never be able to get pregnant? I wasn't really using the birth control for birth control. I was using it more so to regulate my period. Ah, Um, I was using it. I, when I was in high school and even starting off in college, when I got to college, that's when I started birth control. I used to have really bad acne as well. And it helped with that. Um, so that, that was always the main reason. Those two reasons were the main reasons I was using birth control. It wasn't so much to protect me from getting pregnant, but that was just an added bonus. Okay. Yeah. And so sometimes I would, certain birth controls that I've taken, the hormones just weren't right for my body. I would be on my period basically for a month or two months. And then I would just stop the pills because it's like, okay, fuck this. I'm not, I spend a lot of money on tampons. I spend a lot of money on pads. Like I can't be on my period every day. I'm feeling I was going to ask you that because that, <laughs> yeah. that is a, a symptom, I guess, irregular bleeding it or constant bleeding. So you do buy, I guess, tampons and liners and pads more mm. than the normal, I guess, woman would. For the most part, you know, polycystic ovaries is not dangerous to people. It's a problem that needs to be simply managed. Kind of the old adage that, oh, I didn't get my period, I must have been stressed, is really not an accurate assessment of of people's problems. I had irregular periods, but it wasn't too irregular. Like my doctor was like, this. when people say irregular, they're saying that they didn't have a period for three or four months and then it just pops up. And I'm like, okay, well, mine... At most, it's ever been late was three weeks. And um, what I did have issues with was extremely painful periods and extremely heavy periods. Mandy, I kid you not, one day, well, not even one day, this has happened several times. I got like the highest absorbency tampon, like super plus. And I put it in before I left my house and I went to work. When I got to work, I was leaking through the tampon. And how long was, how long is that drive? In traffic, less than 40 minutes. I was, I would like constantly change tampons. Sometimes my period isn't that heavy, but sometimes it is. It's like, it's not the same. And it usually lasts for a full week. And I hear girls saying things like, oh, you know, on the first day or the last day, it's not that bad. And I'm like, the whole thing is like a crimson tide from beginning (laughs) to end. It's Not so, a crimson tide. It's like at certain times in the day, and this is when I'm not on birth control. When I am using birth control, it's a little bit different. It's still heavy, but it's a little bit different. But like sometimes it's just a lot and it's just like blood everywhere. I have tried um, those flex disc things. I've tried the diva cups. I have pulled those things out and it just looks like say, I had a baby. Get, those get kind of messy. I was yeah. going to say those are pretty massacre. Like I wanted to ask you, so you bring up... Um, Finally, you tell your mom about this mm-hmm. when 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 telling your your family about it, did she mention any, you know, hereditary traits that other members of your family had P- PCOS or no? Yeah, I don't think anyone has it. I don't know if it's something that maybe some people have and they don't talk about it. She doesn't have it. She didn't know my mother to have it. They were both uh, very fertile women. They didn't really have those issues. Like my grandma just stopped having her period recently and she's in her 70s. Like, oh, I don't. Wow. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn, for real. I hope that doesn't happen to me. But maybe I take after the other side of my family. Um, but yeah, 
no one else that I know of has it, but then also I don't know if they've ever been familiar with it or recognized some of the issues to even find out if they had it. So I don't know. Because technically you wouldn't have known for maybe quite some time had you not gone to the doctor and tried to sell your eggs for them to even do that ultrasound, um, the vaginal ultrasound, right? Right. Because I expressed some concerns like, okay, um, the, the pain, the heaviness, there was even a time and I never figured out what happened, but I went to the doctor. I was in college at this time. I swear, like I must've had it thin and I must've had a cyst that like ruptured or something because I had like a I had to wear a pad because I had like, I had like this watery discharge that was coming out. It smelled like nothing. It didn't feel like normal, but I was like, I, my vagina is literally leaking. Like, is this my bladder? Like what is happening? So I like went to the ER and I, um, I went to another doctor and I kept trying to see what was going on. It lasted for like a day or two and they couldn't figure out what it was, but I feel like nobody was taking me serious. They thought I was exaggerating. It was like when I'm on the table, they don't see a gush of water coming out. So they're just like, okay, this girl comes to the doctor a lot. She's a hypochondriac, but I knew that something was wrong with me. And that was another issue that I had with my gynecologist and why I had to switch doctors because it's like, okay, I really have a concern and you can't keep blowing off these concerns that I right. have. My pain is really bad. This does not feel normal. Um, the irregular periods, all you want to do is give me birth control, but the birth control is making me feel depressed. Like I'm having really bad thoughts and I'm feeling really low. And this is not me. It's not just college. It's not just stress. It's not just life. Like it has to be the pills and it's the hormones in here that are having me feel this way. So I'm looking online and I'm seeing other girls saying similar things. So it was just, it was difficult to talk to my mom about for all of the reasons I say it. And then it was difficult to talk to doctors about, but had I not talked about it, had I not looked up stuff online, I wouldn't have known. And I think a lot of people don't realize it. And then also because my periods weren't so irregular, like what they truly mean by irregular. Right. Another symptom is like, um, a lot of, um, weight gain in your midsection. Well, now I got that, but I didn't have that then. And, um, that's what I kind of wanted to talk about because (laughs) yeah. So like, a lot of us women with with periods, if it's irregular or maybe off a couple days, we automatically go to, fuck, I'm pregnant. We take mm-hmm. pregnancy tests. And if we're not pregnant, then we're like, okay, well, maybe I was stressed. Then I know yeah. that there's something else to where your period can apparently be knocked off if you have been in the gym a lot or if you've been on a lot of airplanes. And there's all these reasons as to why we give ourselves excuses for our bodies to be different. But I think for a lot of us growing with our bodies, we know when something is not right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have the irregular periods. You're now seeing the, the bloating or weight gain in your midsection. One of the other things or one of the other side effects um, that women may experience with PCOS is actually excessive hair. Yes. Um, Can you, can you talk to me? What is, what is technically excessive hair and how do you know if you should be concerned about it? Because I know some of us, especially maybe Latina women, you know, they just are born more hairy. (laughs) Um, There's hair on their arms or a lot of us tend to have more hair on our heads than normal. How Mm -hmm. do you know if you have excessive hair? Well, 
when I was little, I, I've always been a hairy kid, but I noticed okay. it, like my arms are hairy. I usually, I wax them. Like I, I do full body waxes, but, and I have hair like on my fingers, on my, t- on my big toe. Um, I mean, I got, I got it on my knuckles. That don't but, count. That was, but that was growing up. And oh, so I knew that. You was that braiding was your knuckle hairs, girl. <laughs> I didn't you was braid. out here putting cornrows on your fingers. <laughs> Damn near. But I, I knew that to be hairy, but then later, this is like college, high school, because I think uh, I started my period at 14. Um, I don't really know when I got, when I developed PCOS, how that even happened, but I started to notice changes and it's really embarrassing, but hopefully somebody else out there who may have it or thinks that they have it, you don't feel alone because I definitely feel alone. The hair um, on my stomach, like happy trail, it's, it started to get thicker and coarser and more like um, pubic hair. Mm. There's a lot of that. Hair on my chest, hair around my nipples, hair on my chin. Like I know some girls will talk about mustaches, but it's very rare that you'll have like thick hairs on your chin or like I'll have a few stray thick hairs around my sideburns, but I get everything taken off. So people don't know that I'm naturally just like that or that this is a side effect, but it's a lot of hair. I should not have all of this hair on my titties. I just should not. Right. And and for, for the people who may be curious as to why this is happening, I actually looked up um, and you guys can hear more, more stats at the end of this episode, but it comes from excess androgen. Mm -hmm. Um, which means that you have elevated levels of male hormones. Mm -hmm. um, And that is what results, I guess, in that extra facial and body hair. Yeah. Um, And it was something that they told me um, when I was doing all of the testing with um, the egg donation. She told me about those levels and she was like, this is a normal range. I can't remember what my numbers were, but she told me what a normal range was. And she was like, and this is yours. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. That is, I guess, I, I guess hearing all of these things that you deal with, with, with your body. And I mean, like I said, the excess hair, um, the possibility of being infertile, mm-hmm. um, the extra bleeding. How is it with dating? How, how has P- PCOS affected your dating? Now I know you get it in, honey, <laughs> but I just, I just want to know, like, if you felt like it has affected it in a negative way at all. I mean, thank God I, um, it hasn't affected my sex drive, so that okay. you know it's good. Um, I haven't had issues with that. Um, I don't really run into issues with the hairiness or that being a thing because I don't like it either, and I get it removed. They don't even know, you okay. know. They know I go get wax. They know that I do full body waxes and stuff like that, but they don't know the degree to which it really is. Like if I just let myself be free, well, girl, you may um, just need to go ahead and get an older man because this man I got right now is not even let me ch- shave this puss, honey. I I like, like it me, though. Me neither. I think Do you want hair around your nipples? No, girl, okay. I ain't gonna lie. So, I don't. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep removing this. I actually think um I'm gonna do laser and see how that works out for me. Um, but I I've only talked to one man that I've dated about it. And what was his response? Um, he was kind of shocked and um I I talked to him about it because he kept having these conversations with me. Like I was open with him from the beginning that I didn't want kids, but I didn't go into the fact that stop trying to change my mind. Because even if I wanted to change my mind, it's, it's 
very unlikely. Um, right. The odds are not in my favor. But eventually I had to tell him and I was just like, listen, it's kind of frustrating because you keep telling me this and I know you don't know. So let me just lay this out for you and let me tell you what this means. And so um, he didn't really get it. I think, and he was just like he was saying, Girl, like a lot of men don't get shit. They about don't our get bodies. nothing. He's <laughs> like, okay, understand. so so why won't you let me nut in you? And I'm like, this is this is what you took from this. Um, Wait, that was his response. Yeah, he was like, I mean, if you don't, if you can't, <laughs> then Better that's fine. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, really? And um, and then there was, I mean, eventually he was trash. I shouldn't have kept dealing with him, but there was a period where I wasn't using birth control. He did nut at me. Um, every time we had sex, I never got pregnant, never got scared that I was pregnant, nothing. And that's kind of why I feel like, yeah, probably can't, but you never know. So usually I'm very careful. Um, but what is, going what, is your, what is your mental around that? Like as um, a woman um, in your, in your early thirties, what is your mental now um, regarding maybe not ever being able to give birth to a child. I'm okay with it because I really don't want to give birth. Um, okay. I'm definitely yes, afraid of like it. Me. <laughs> yes, I'm very afraid of it. Like I'm not, it's not that I I don't want kids. Maybe I'm open to having kids, but to like physically have them, no. And I'm still scared of that. And I'm like, okay, well, it'll be all right. And I just don't really think about it too much because I'm like, okay, if I do change my mind, down the road, maybe I'll try and do all sorts of things that these doctors and different holistic people will recommend for me to try. But it's really not something that I want, especially not right now. I have other things that I'm focused on and I just, I don't want a kid. So I'm okay with it, but I feel really sorry for the people who don't feel like me because a lot of women do want children. And then just to face obstacles like that is, I'm sure that they would just feel like, you know, life is unfair. I want to ask you what your thoughts are on society's expectations then about women having children, especially being that the partner you talked about wasn't familiar with what you were telling them. Um, your family said that they don't have any hereditary background to their knowledge regarding it. So as a woman and, and society expecting women to be childbearing and you're not a woman, if you don't have children, what are your, what are your thoughts ab about that? And has it affected you at all? Um, sometimes depending on who the message is coming from, it kind of stings a bit because it's like, okay, what if I felt differently and I really wanted to have kids and I just can't? There are so many people out there like that. And everybody acts like having kids is the only thing that makes you a woman or having a period is the only thing that makes you a woman. All of these things. And I just don't agree with that. I think that we have got to let um, ourselves and other women live the life on their live their lives on their own terms and live our own lives on our own terms and stop allowing other people to have so much control over when you should do it because some people feel like you need to have kids really young you can't wait until you're 35 plus um, things have changed you can it's possible um, and I think that there's more to be I just is more to to being a woman than having kids. And I wish that people would stop trying to change people's minds and convince them that that's what they need to do. I get that a lot from my mom and my grandparents. They really mm. want me to give them grandchildren. I'm like, you guys all have grandchildren already. Like, and you have great grandchildren. So what, why do I have to do it? That's not my thing. And like, 
everybody doesn't know that I have this, but it, uh, sometimes I want to yell at them and just say, get off of my back about it. It's not something I can do. Likely. It's very unlikely. Leave me alone. Let's talk about something else. People just need to mind their business. No, I don't think it's I, okay. I agree. And literally, I don't even know if I'm going to use that whole clip, girl. You didn't <laughs> gave us a whole mouthful, but no. And, and that's actually too, like why I, I decided to, to start this, this podcast, I don't think a lot of people realize like what we go through, not only with having periods, but maybe without having periods or the pressures to have babies. And what about us who can't have a baby? And Mm -hmm. just also us still trying to figure out our own bodies. I mean, I'm 30 years old. And, and even with you talking about the, the tampon only lasting you 40 minutes, I know people that think it's, it's healthy to just leave a tampon in for the whole day. And so hell no, girl, I mean, but what I'm saying is we're still learning so much about our own bodies. And even to have this conversation with you, knowing that you a woman, I'm a Mm -hmm. woman, we really go through the same shit. No. And it's like, uh, actually, no, like we're very complex. Like our, our uh, anatomy is just very complex. It is. And, and, and so I, girl, you done taught me things that again, I just found out what this was. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe a month ago, a couple months ago. And it only came from, I was talking to my home girl. Um, her daughter went to spend some time with the baby daddy Mm -hmm. and she called me pissed because the daughter wasn't feeling well. And instead of taking the daughter to the doctor's office, he decided to take her to Walgreens. And while they're in Walgreens, I guess, I don't know, whatever the, the pharmacist behind the thing said after just her describing how she felt, the freaking Walgreens pharmacist just pretty much was like, yeah, you probably have PCOS. And my friend had a panic attack. Like, do you know this means my daughter may never be able to have kids? And she just and I was just like, OK, let me look into what this means, because mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yeah, and, it is. And so even the importance of just, you know, having the conversations with your child, if something's going wrong. And, and again, I think we do have all of these excuses for when our body isn't acting right, mm-hmm. that. That we just think, okay, well, it'll it'll fall back into place. I mean, shit, I'm still when I'm sick, girl. I just drink a Gatorade, and I feel like that's <laughs> going, that's gonna solve that's gonna solve my fever, oh, cough, runny nose. Let me just drink a Gatorade. And um, you know, even with um, with some of these health issues, it can lead to other things. Or right. like because another thing is um, your insulin levels can be spiked, and a lot of women end up having diabetes and everything that comes with that. There's a lot that it that it has to do with. And it's not even just your reproductive system. And people don't know that or they don't realize that or they don't understand why they feel a certain way after eating certain foods. So there's all these different diets that people will try. Um, I wanted to I ask don't. you, are you, are you on any medication? Are you on any particular diets? And I also see that alcohol um, is something that they don't I guess, suggest while having PCOS, but girl, we know we be drinking our wine, honey. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I still drink. Um, Okay. I do. uh, And I love carbs, but um, especially now I've been trying to cut back on my carbs and uh, I did the keto diet before. And so now I'm not doing keto per se, but I am trying to limit my carbs a lot. And that's carbs from bread, rice, beans, 
sugar, um, a lot of those things, because I'm old, I'm getting older. I'm trying to be more conscious of what I'm putting into my body and how it's affecting my body, but I don't take any medication. And, um, right now I'm fine. Like I feel fine for the most part. So I don't want to start anything else until I see a problem because the battles that I've had with birth control, it's, it's such a emotional roller coaster because of right. the hormones. Like some days it's like, I don't want to, I hate people. I don't want to be around anybody or I just want to sit in my room and cry and nothing has happened. I'll, I'll never forget. I went in college. This is before I knew I had it, but I was on a birth control and I had to stop taking this particular one. It had me way too emotional. I cried in the movie Bride Wars, like boohoo crying. That is not a sad movie. It's a comedy, I think, a romantic comedy. And I was literally just crying. Like, everything. It was like being a you know pregnant what? person. Let me, go ahead. Let me go ahead and call up my gyno. Because, girl, I be crying watching First 48. And I just think it's because I just really want to let some tears out. But maybe yeah. it's something else. It could be. Damn. I didn't even. Oh. Well, mm-hmm. let me ask you, before we get out of here, for anyone who's listening to this episode and may be like you and found out that they were diagnosed um, with PCOS, what would what would be some advice or a word that you would want to leave them off with? I would just tell them, you know, it's not the end of the world, whether you want kids or not, because that's like the major part of all of this is whether you're fertile or not. I do know people personally who have PCOS, had it before they got pregnant, still have it. It's not like it just disappeared and they were able to have children. It took some work and some effort. Um, So just don't feel alone. Don't feel like you can't do anything um, about having kids or that you're not going to have a full life. It's possible your road is just going to be a little different and that's okay I think clearly that's something that I've realized in starting this and all the conversations I've had is that none of our roads are the same Mm -hmm. um and so the complexity of what we go through as women but also just the pressures of society thinking that we all go through the same things Mm -hmm. um that's something that I hope people are are taking from from this podcast and from these conversations and Kiki, I know you haven't um, openly shared just this, everything about this um, and going through it. And I appreciate you for, for sharing this on, on this platform. And thank you for letting me share it with you guys. This is different. I like it. Thank you. Well, guys, if you guys want to hear more from Kiki, you guys can check her out again on the Cocktails Dirty Discussions podcast. Mm -hmm. When and where can they catch you, Kiki, on Um, that? That podcast, we release new episodes every Thursday. It's on pretty much any podcast app, Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And we also are on YouTube. So check us out. Leave a comment, rate, review, and subscribe. And Kiki, once again, I just want to thank you for joining us on Period Sis. As always, before we get up out of here, I want to let you know that PCOS affects one in 10 women of childbearing age and women with PCOS can possibly still get pregnant. It is the most common but treatable causes of infertility in women. And once again, if you are experiencing irregular periods, excessive androgen, which is the cause of excessive facial or body hair, or you have been diagnosed with polycystic ovaries, again, these are 
common signs and symptoms of PCOS. So please be sure that you check with your gynecologist. Um, and, and again, I want to thank Kiki for sharing her story. Again, I don't think a lot of these stories are told and that's why I created period sis. So once again, I just want to thank y'all for joining me for another episode of period sis brought to you by none other than the official box owner. Again, sign up for the newsletter, subscribe, rate, and share with a friend. Until next time. Bye, guys.